I was able this past week to watch the latest Doctor Strange movie. Uh, so this is like the latest chapter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's big deal, right? So you want to know how it ends? No, some of you who don't care, no, you don't want to know how it ends. But if you haven't watched it yet, me giving a spoiler would be a terrible thing. It's kind of like tonight, I'm very excited, hopefully, to watch the Dallas Mavericks beat the Phoenix Suns in Game 7. That's right, you know what's good. But if I couldn't watch it, and I had recorded it, I would be spending the whole drive back ignoring phone calls from basketball fan friends. I would not be checking ESPN because I wanted the suspense of, knowing how, of not knowing how it ends and watching it play out. We don't want to see, typically, how the story ends, except in one case. And that is in the case of salvation history. And the story recounted in the Bible, here, actually knowing how the story ends, helps us to play our part in the great adventure that it is presenting. And that's what we get in this week's reading. We have the second to last chapter of the book of Revelation. We have there how this, this incredible adventure of God creating all out of nothing, creating humanity in His image and likeness, seeing humanity turn its back on Him and then going to the very depths of, of giving, shedding His own blood for the sake of that humanity to rescue them. We see now how that story ends, how it plays itself out. And in this case, we actually need to know the ending so that we can play our part. We need to know that God wins at the end, because He does. We need to know that darkness eventually is overcome by light. We need to know that God renews and recreates that which we have spoiled in this world. And so we read, then I, John, saw a new heaven and a new earth. The former heaven and the former earth had passed away and the sea was no more. We need to hear about that because when we just watch the news all the time, when we just look at our own families, at our own lives, at our friend groups, whether it be local, national, international news, or just the state of the environment or the fear of what's lurking in the universe, it's very easy to despair. We need to realize that God ultimately wins. That all this that we might see that leads us to despair, all this that makes life difficult, all of that that makes us even question the goodness of God, because maybe we've endured so much suffering or we've had to witness people we love endure it, we need to realize suffering does not win. Death does not have the final victory. No, God creates a new heaven and a new earth. What does that mean? That means that in the fullness of time, when He comes back glorious in His second coming, He hits the big reset button, and the whole universe is recreated, where finally God has complete and total reign. Right now, though, is our choice. It's our opportunity to choose which side of eternity are we going to be on? Right, a lot of the time we hear about you need to make sure that you're on the right side of history. Sometimes people throw that uh, line out there to try and guilt you into agreeing with them on this social issue or that one. 
But the most important thing is not if you're on the right side of history, right? The way that we look at um, right and wrong in our very fallible way as human beings. No, no, no. The important thing is that you be on the right side of eternity. Is that you can claim your victory in Christ or not. And what does that look like? Well, it looks like not allowing just the heavens and the earth to be recreated, to be made new. But giving God the opportunity for the greater miracle of making you new. Of renewing you in the depths of your being. Because that's ultimately what it's all about. Right? Whether uh, all of the heavens and all of the earth exist or not. Whether they are in a glorious state or a decrepit state matters less to God than whether you are in eternal communion with him. Or whether he has to respect your choice to reject him for all of eternity. That's what matters and that's what our entire lives here on earth are about. If all of the heavens and earth are recreated, but you are not, then what's the point of it all? Thankfully, though, God gives us the opportunity to be renewed. And today he gives us both how it is to occur and then what it is to look like for us to be renewed in him. And he sums it all up in this beautiful line in the gospel where he says, My children, I will be with you only a little while longer. I give you a new commandment. Love one another. Oh, those three words there, love one another. I mean, we hear it all the time. We've been raised with those words. And so sometimes we might not think about it nearly enough. What does that actually mean to love one another? Well, he expands upon that fact in his next line. As I have loved you, so you also should love one another. So he gave us a template. He said, this is how you allow me to recreate you, to make you new. You allow me to do that by choosing to love one another. And we might say, okay, but but what does that love look like? And he says, just watch me. What did I do? First, he came down to our level. Right In the incarnation, he showed us the beauty of God's love that he did not wait until we grew tall enough to reach out to him. Instead, he realized they're never going to get there. I have to bend down and come to their level, meet them on common ground. And that is where I begin to love them. What does that mean in our lives? For those uh, other people in our lives that we are called to love? It means that we try to have a little bit of empathy with their situation. We, we try to speak a language that they might understand. We try to meet them on their ground instead of always, always uh, demanding that they meet us on ours. Trying to wrap our heads around maybe what their struggles are, what they might be feeling. Trying to have a little patience with the fact that they should be here, but they're still just down here. And, and trying to accompany them up there instead of just from a distance saying like, nope, we'll talk once you reach this level that's acceptable to me. The Incarnation shows us how to love one another, how to meet each other where we're at. Then, he spent time with people. Do we give others in our lives sufficient time? Right? Do, do we actually give them that love and attention that Jesus for three years was constantly giving to his apostles? 
Do we journey with the people in our lives, or are we too busy with anything and everything but them and their concerns? And then, he had enough love to teach them the right way, be patient with them as they learned it, but then also rebuke them when it was necessary. The people in my life, do I love them enough to actually hold them up to a high standard? Even though, yeah, I'm patient with them as they're striving to meet it, but do I actually believe in them enough to say, you know what, you could be living out radical holiness. And I struggle with it too, so let's try something great together. Or do I just kind of settle for this cheap imitation of love where I say, you do you and I do me? Even though this is destroying you, I don't really care because it'll, it'll be an awkward conversation if I tell you that, that, that maybe there's a better way to live. So he first came down to the level of us sinful humans. He met us where we were at, but then he called us to a higher plane. He accompanied us uh, to that higher plane. And then, in the most spectacular show of love, he said, I love you and your eternal salvation more than I love my present comfort, more than I love the very blood in my veins, more than I love the, the human life that I have taken up. Sacrifice. Do we sacrifice for one another? I have a, a good friend, and uh, his daughters uh, now are both married, but when one of the daughter's boyfriends was, you know, having that talk with his girlfriend's father of like, hey, I, I really want to ask her to marry me. His one question I loved. He said, show me the last time that you sacrificed for my daughter. And he couldn't name anything. And so he said, okay, then you've got some work to do. And eventually he learned that self-sacrificial love. And now they are happily married. And, and it's a wonderful thing. But he wasn't ready to say that he, or to show that he really loved her until he was ready to sacrifice for her. And so we can ask, have I allowed the Lord to renew me, to recreate me through the self-sacrificial love that I have for the people in my life? Have I met them where they're at? Have I spent sufficient time investing in them? Have I called them to a higher level of living out this Christian call? And have I patiently and gently accompanied them there? And then have I sacrificed for them? If I do all of that, then a miracle occurs. God recreates me. He renews me. And I can start living that heavenly reality here on earth because I have opened myself up to be in constant communion with God. And that's what eternity and that's what heaven ultimately is the eternal exploration of the infinite God. We know, dear friends, how the story ends. We know that God has already claimed the victory, but he invites us to join him in the new heavens and the new earth by allowing him, through the self-sacrificial love we have for one another, to be renewed ourselves.